0: Today's episode of the Shameless Picture Show is sponsored by Vinegar Syndrome. Check them out online at www.vinegarsyndrome.com. Vinegar Syndrome is one of the most interesting DVD and Blu-ray labels around because of their extensive catalog of horror, cult, exploitation, and vintage sexploitation films. Unlike most companies, Vinegar Syndrome is also a restoration company with their own in-house lab where they have done new restorations for companies such as Arrow, Massacre Video, and Drafthouse Films. Check out Vinegar Syndrome today and grab your copy of Dolomite, Sugar Cookies, Jack Frost, or even Psycho Cop Returns. While I'm a little more knowledgeable about the label than my co host I can assure you that I love their stuff. Whenever I'm at a convention, their table is one of the first I hit, and much to my wife's chagrin, I spend way too much time going over every single title. I own quite a few. So, once again, head over to www.vinegarsyndrome.com and grab yourself something cool. Seriously, my money is on Christmas Evil. Go buy it. It's John Waters' favorite Christmas movie. therefore it should be yours he does a commentary on it it's it's kind of <laughs> great he does a commentary with the director which it's even better because he has a completely different like opinion of what the movie's about than the director which makes it even better vinegar syndrome check them out online at www.vinegarsyndrome.com
1: that's for fucking with me you no business born insecure motherfucker.
2: Today's episode of the Shameless Picture Show is sponsored by Mill Creek Entertainment. Mill Creek is the industry leader when it comes to value-priced DVD and Blu-ray features and compilations. They have one of the largest catalogs out there, ranging from kids programming, classic films and television, independent cinema, documentary, and Latino cinema. Hell, they even produce their own content in-house. Mill Creek is a trusted partner with some of our favorite studios, including Sony Pictures, Walt Disney Entertainment, Warner Brothers, CBS Home Entertainment, and many more. And the best part about Mill Creek is how easy they are to find. Mill Creek has deals with thousands of big box stores, grocery stores, drug stores, and practically any other retailer you can imagine. Trust me when I say I've owned plenty throughout my time as a collector without even realizing it. They're a name I can trust. Some of my favorite releases include Can't Hardly Wait, Night of the Living Dead, House on Haunted Hill from their Vincent Price collection, the complete series of Quantum Leap, the complete series of The Secret World of Alex Mack, and of course, you're the hunter from the future. Head over to www.millcreekent.com, that's millcreekent.com, and see what their collection has to offer. I guarantee you'll find something great.
0: Blu-ray. Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of the Shameless Picture Show podcast. I am Michael wires and um, I don't still don't have a name for this segment. Um, this is the segment where I talk about, uh, for lack of a better term, physical media. I guess is the best way to say it. It's uh, it's really the po- where I'm going to be talking about the stuff I get from Vinegar Syndrome and Mill Creek, but I didn't want to make it exclusive to that uh i thought like i buy a lot of movies anyways um and there's a lot of cool stuff i like to turn people on to so i thought this would be a great place to do so like i'm gonna try to refrain from doing the big movies that everyone's talking about knows about like um i'm planning on buying ready player one probably in a couple in a week or so um probably not going to talk about that on here like unless I feel like I really need to this is more of a chance to shine uh, light onto things that you might not be seeing um, and that's everything from new releases like from our buddies at Vinegar Syndrome or Mill Creek, if I were to get something from Scream Factory, Criterion, Kino, if I buy some records if I get some tapes uh, two names were kicking around back and forth in my head, at one point I was going to call it, Physical Media Made Me Do It and I said, like, hey, that has a nice ring to it. Uh, but then my 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 beautiful wife made a good point. Um, what is it? What did physical media made me do? And I just sat there kind of like flustered, like, well, um, you know, it it's it. Just it. Um, and then I talked to uh, my co-host Nick Richards, and uh, he uh, he thought discs and tape. Just simply discs and tape. I'm gonna end up saying Dicks and tape. I know it's gonna happen. Discs and tape. I don't know. What do you guys think? What what has a better ring to it? Or if you have a better idea, um, welcome to another episode of Discs and Tape. I don't know. It kind of has a nice like fanzine feel to it, which is kind of cool. Media made the physical media made me do it. it. Sounds too like oh monumental, but discs and tape I feel like might have a nice ring to it. So as of right now, until I come up with something better, this segment's called Discs and Tape um hopefully at some point i can get a theme song for this and everything but that's beside the point that's not why you guys are listening you guys are listening because this is downloaded directly to your itunes feed and uh, all of your other podcasts that you prefer listening to are over for the week so let's get to it first off from my buddies over at scream factory we got a release that i was pretty uh fucking excited for i'm not gonna lie <clears throat> sweet sweetbacks badass song uh i know melvin Venn peoples will go on record and just say it's sweet sweetbacks badass song but if you put two a's and five s's in badass it has to be said it just it has to be um however if i ever introduced this film say if i was on stage or something i probably would be too afraid to say it that way because you sound like a dumbass i sound like a dumbass but fuck it i don't care um barry in the lead Melvin Van Peebles is the director. Uh, for a lot of people, this is, they, they cite this film as being uh, the first black exploitation film, but I think it rises above exploitation, and actually Roger Ebert agrees with me. Um, and for a lot of people, this was the big, first big black film, which is exciting. All right, so the back of the case says one of the most iconic notorious and influential American films of the nineteen seventies. Melvin Van Peebles, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, stars Van Peebles as Sweetback, a black orphaned oh sorry, a black orphan raised in a brothel and groomed in becoming a sex show performer. Set up by his boss and two corrupt white policemen for a murder he didn't commit, Sweetbeck escapes custody only to find himself thrust into an increasingly hallucinogenic world of violence and bigotry where no one can be trusted and the possibility of death works at every corner. I, I hit a little harder on thrust because it's kind of a thrusting is a, a big part of this movie. Considered to be among the most significant features ever directed by a black filmmaker and included in the permanent collection of the museum of modern art sweet sweetback is a brutal and shocking story of survival and is credited as the first black exploitation film ever made featuring a rousing score from a nascent earth wind and fire as well as surrealistic tinged visuals from cinematographer robert maxwell van peebles creates an unforgettable and immersive study of perseverance in the face of racism. Vinegar Syndrome proudly brings this landmark film to Blu-ray. Newly restored in 4K from its original 35mm camera negative. Director Van, uh, Melvin Van Peebles. Starring Melvin Van Peebles, Simon Chuckster, Hubert Scales, Mario Van Peebles, John Duohan, Wesley Gale, Naiva Rochelle, John Amos, and Lavelle Roby. Made 1971. Color 1851 widescreen. Mono sound all region which you know is pretty cool and special features include a newly scanned and restored and it's newly scanned and restored in 4K from the original 35mm camera negative uh, a career interview with uh, Melvin Van Peebles courtesy of Lumid Productions one badass woman an interview with Naiva Rochelle an actress in the film an extensive Q&A with Melvin Van Peebles from the 2013 Black Panther Film Festival at the Maybell Center in Harlem uh, the real deal. In parentheses, what it was, what and was is crossed out. And that dot, dot dot is it's a making of documentary made by Melvin Van Peebles. Uh, historical commentary track with Sergio Mims. Uh, he's a film historian, but he also made the Penitentiary films, which uh, our buddies at, at um, Vinegar Syndrome put out. He also did Welcome Home, Brother Charles, which I talked about in a previous episode. Uh, archival still gallery trailer a booklet essay by Travis Crawford reversible cover so on and so forth
1: uh, the <laughs> the Don't bleed me. you keep the faith in me are you my man You're my favorite man. Can you take it, baby? Every dollar we make, the Guinness get 20, the police get 40, and Goldbergs get 50. Anybody can tell you that don't add up to a dollar. That adds up to a dollar and a dime. Oh, I haven't seen him, sweet I haven't seen the cat. I mean, I, I don't want to see him. You just keep leaning and leaning and leaning. Get the f for my back, man! I'm I'm clean, man. Look, I'm clean. There's nothing there. Look, look! Leave! Split! Leave, mother! <laughs>
2: to me slapping up on some white
1: cups. (laughs) Yes indeed. I'm gonna say a black Ava Maria for you.
0: I kind of forgot that there was a booklet in here I wish I would have gotten a chance to read this before I was coming out here talking about it um, but regardless that's not what's important. Sweet Sweetback is a fascinating film but it's not a film a lot of people are gonna like. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Um, it's it's more of an art film than it is a black exploitation film. Uh, for a lot of people, when they think black exploitation, they automatically think of films like Black Dynamite, which is a spoof of black exploitation, or they think of Dolomite, they think of the Tangerine Man, they think of Black Shampoo, Ua, all those other films, Superfly, um, and it's not like that. Uh, the way Melvin Van Peebles comes across in the film when he's playing Sweetback kind of has you know, the dolomite feel to it where he's just a bad motherfucker and he doesn't talk very much um, but he's got an incredible look actually one thing I was going to say uh, Van Peebles tells a story in his eyes uh, everything you need to know about the persecution of this character you can see it on his face It's it's kind of heartbreaking anytime he looks into the camera but going back to what I was saying, this film is a black exploitation film for the art house crowd. It is not a black exploitation film. I no, I keep calling it black exploitation because that's the best thing to call it. It's not a black exploitation film. It is a film made by a black filmmaker. Um, it's not exploiting black culture. It's not. It, it's not. It doesn't have a lot of the the tropes that black exploitation has. Um, Sorry, I was reading something. Um, I, and Roger Ebert will agree with me. Roger Ebert really dug this film. Um, this reminds me more of—it's the closest thing I can feel that we've gotten to a a French New Wave film made in the United States. Uh, doing a did a little, very little bit of research on Melvin Van Peebles. I'll be the first to admit I, I don't know a whole lot about him, but he did. Uh, he's from Chicago. Uh, and started his film career in paris he um he made a film there Uh, i'm sorry i don't remember the name of the store it's called uh the story of a three-day pass also known as la permission um that he made and got him a lot of attention it i think it played at a san francisco film festival and from there he would go on to make the watermelon man For I believe Paramount, which I think was it's it's a comedy film. It's his first big film, Um, and then from there he wanted to go on and make Sweet Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, where he could have complete creative control and have complete ownership of it. The way that Van Peebles tells the story is that um, he was in Paris and wanted to make wanted to do something to stick it to the man, you know, something to comment on the persecution. Uh, persecution that he was getting um and the way he tells it in the, in the making of documentary was he wanted to get some shock treatment couldn't afford it so he did what he calls sperm treatment where once again i'm just i'm quoting what i thought I heard, what he said in the documentary he went and jacked off somewhere and came up with the idea of sweet sweetback's badass song which if that's true that's such a herzog a way of making a movie i you know i was beaten off in a back alley somewhere and i came up with an idea for a movie if that's what happened awesome um that's the way he tells it and i think it's pretty awesome i'll be the first to admit that while the features on this are fascinating um van peebles you know he's 85 years old i don't know when all this was recorded he's a little hard to understand but you want to keep listening to him he he's fascinating to listen to and just his, his perspective he doesn't feel, he's, he's a director like uh, one could call him a director he's also done some acting a little bit but realistically he's he's a guy that just feels like an artist who just jumps around to different mediums to make things he doesn't seem like he, you know I'm an artist and my and my medium is film. It's, it's whatever is appropriate for the story he's trying to tell. And Sweet Sweetback, it definitely is an art film. He says the reason that it has such a strange style is because he said, I was not conforming to the white man's way of making a movie. Um, and a lot of filmmakers, you know, a lot of black filmmakers took a lot of inspiration from this. Like, I know Spike Lee has said before that this film is of incredible importance to not only his career, but a lot of people, um, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, there's a lot to be said about the, uh, about Sweet Sweet Back, um, Actually the exact quote from Spike Lee was Sweet Sweetback's badass song gave us all the answers we needed. This was an example of how to make a movie, a real movie, distribute it yourself and most important get paid. Without Sweetback who knows if there would have been a she's got to have it Hollywood shuffle or house party. So um it's kind of great. There at the time uh, a black filmmaker was kind of unheard of, not comp- like I i'll be the first to admit i don't know as much about the history of black cinema i it's something i'm still learning on uh i've taken a fascination with it um but it was it was still kind of a rarity at this point and then just the way everything came together um sweet uh, melvin van peebles he funded the movie himself he got a loan of 50 grand from bill cosby to help complete the Project Bill Cosby had no real interest in the movie; he just wanted to support a a black filmmaker. I know Bill Cosby gets a his name has kind of been run through the mud the last couple of years, but let's not forget I guess the, some of the contributions he did do. Um, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm not a Bill Cosby supporter, but it's just the facts um the film's also pretty iconic for uh, having earth wind and fire do the score before they were a thing which is pretty great the black panther party really helped get this film rolling uh by supporting it and he told a fantastic story about how all the sex scenes were unsimulated he was really having sex with these women and he said it's the first time that uh melvin Van people's talks about how it's the first time that he ever got the clap And he's not gonna he doesn't say who who gave it to him, but he reported it to the Screen Actors Guild, said he got injured on set, and they paid him. And he used it to buy more film. That's fucking independent cinema. So Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song is not a movie for any for everyone, but if you're interested in not only black cinema, but the history of cinema and independent cinema, this is a monumental release. Uh this film could have very easily been put out by someone like criterion or kino but my boys over at vanderger syndrome were able to get this film this is huge and i think this is a big moment for them so if you um if you pick up any of their releases this is one that i think every film historian should have so that's my my love fest for vinegar Syndrome out the way. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I'm 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 I, I know one of the guys who works there. He's a friend of mine. That's how this came to be. I met him at a convention. We hit it off. We became friends. I didn't I, uh, I didn't tell him I was gonna love everything they were gonna send me. Uh, they just told me they wanted me to be passionate. But I have to say, more often than not, I appreciate most of what they send me. Um, if you were listening for the her name is Lisa review, you know I don't love everything. But next. We have Hard Times from Mill Creek. This actually came on a Charles Bronson four movie collection. On it, uh, they've got uh, the Veloci Papers, The Stone Killer, Breakout, and Hard Times. So, the back of the box says Hard Times starring Charles Bronson, James Coburn, and Jill Ireland. In the middle of the Great Depression, Chaney, played by Charles Bronson, is just looking to catch a break when he meets Speed, played by James Coburn. A promoter of bare knuckle street fighting, Chaney thinks with his fighting skill he might have a chance, but speed has his own problems, and what seemed like a sure thing is not as simple. Uh, directed by Walter Hill. Screenplay by Walter Hill and Brian Gindolf. Uh 2351 widescreen. I believe it was stereo sound. Uh, yep, 2.0 stereo sound. Now, tell me, how'd
3: you make money?
0: I knocked people down. Oh.
3: You mean like a prize fighter? No, they're pickup fights. The money's made on bets. What does it feel like to knock somebody down? It makes me feel a hell of a lot better than it does him. 1933. America had hit the skids. People were out of work and out of luck.
1: Third refill costs a nickel.
3: Life was as tough as a cheap steak. Well, you've been down the long, hard road. Who hasn't? It was hard times. I got a husband in jail. No job and no prospects. I don't look past the next bend in the road. A man had to live by his wits. Well, my man's just starting out. He's good, but I have to get long odds. What kind of odds are you talking about? Five to one. Three to one. D. Or by his fists. <coughs> Columbia Pictures presents Hard Times, starring Charles Bronson as Cheney, a drifter. When I get enough change in my pocket, I'm going. A loner. Are you going to stay the night? Let me stay. A man who spoke soft. I barely know you. Yeah, but would you like to? And hit hard. (coughs) James Coburn as Speed, a born con man. 50-50 in all scratch bets and expenses. All side bets, I keep 75%. That's how it works. Who can make a fortune in a day. I propose a toast to the best man I know. Me. And lose it in a minute. I'm flat broke. I need some money fast.
2: What the hell are you doing?
3: You don't want no trouble. Just you pay your debts. Speed was the hustler. It was too damned easy. There ain't no rules about that except who wins. Shane was the hitter.
1: You ever get scared when you do work? Oh!
3: I don't think about it. Together, they just couldn't be beat. Oh! You give us our damn money now. You want that money, take it. Now I got the gun. I don't think you want to use it. It's oh. one way. You want to see another? Charles Bronson, James Colbert, Jill Ireland, and Struther Martin. They're
0: a knockout. In hard times. I honestly bought, um, was hoping I got this collection because I've wanted this movie for a while. Um, you know, I, I try not to call out other podcasts while on my actual own podcast, but, you know... Uh, there's only so much I can do. I first became aware of this film actually because of the Pierce Cinema podcast um, and the way that uh, hosts Elric Kane and Brian Sauer talk about the film. I knew I wanted to see it. Um, Twilight Time had released it at one point, but I hadn't known about the film at that point, and it went out of print. And there's been a couple times just, you know, through searching, I found co- a, a DVD copy or something at places like hard, uh, ha- sorry, Half Price Books and whatnot. And I kept sticking to my guns, and when I saw that Mill Creek was releasing Hard Times, I, w- I sent them an email specifically asked if I could review this. I've got to do the rest of the, di- uh, the films on here, but hard times uh 1975 i was i was a i'm a big fan of this movie i kind of had a feeling i was going to just everything i knew about it um but i like walter hill and i didn't know when i'd get a chance to see his first film he's such a varied filmmaker in what he makes and writes he's kind of like that such a dumb way to describe it but there's no better way to do it of the like a man's man of uh of filmmaking if that makes any sense he's kind of got a john millius vibe about him or um i guess i would say clint eastwood but i'm, I'm trying uh don siegel Like a Don Siegel, a John Ford, John Milius uh, feel about him. Almost like an Ernest Hemingway where he's a man of few words. He's got things to say, but he's not very flourishy and elegant. And there's actually a scene in this movie where uh, Charles Bronson, in my mind, is how I imagine Walter Hill sees himself. But uh, yeah, James Coburn and Walter Hill play so well off each other and it's a shame that i've read from a couple sources that they didn't really get along very well but from what i've heard uh, charles bronson didn't really get away f- not get away get along with anyone um they got like they they were he was supportive to he wanted to work with coburn but no i'm getting my stories uh, incorrect i'm sorry uh bronson wanted to work with coburn didn't really get along with walter hill um part of that is there's a contentious nature amongst them because charles bronson had his wife cast in the movie joe ireland and apparently walter hill didn't really like her work and cut her down and that severed ties between them but none of that matters um the film takes place in in new orleans and i've got a deep love for new orleans after having been there for my honeymoon and they they do a great job of making it feel like new orleans without it being like a zataran's commercial if that makes sense i feel like it does uh just the way they shoot it and there's like a love for it yeah i don't know i think i honestly think it's the best movie about bare knuckle boxing you'll see i don't know if it's as good as rocky i know rocky's not a bare knuckle boxing movie but i've seen these two movies compared before but it's a movie that i've not been able to stop thinking about since i first saw it and i'm almost i'm so excited to get the chance to see it again um yeah well super well directed super well edited actually uh uh, roger spottiswood uh, was the editor he edited uh straw dogs hard times uh pat garrett and billy the kid and then went on to uh write 48 hours he directed and then directed a bunch of movies as well i think he directed tomorrow never dies but i could be correct (laughs) or sorry it could be incorrect i don't have as much to say about this disc because it's just the movie alone but honestly like it's like ten bucks, probably if not if not less, eight to ten bucks for this Charles Bronson collection. You get three other films plus. I would have paid that. I would have paid the money just for Hard Times, and I got three other Bronson films on top of it. You'd be dumb not to pick up this Charles Bronson collection. Like honestly, even if you only like one of the three movies, it's not that expensive. Mill Creek's been killing it with with their Blu-ray releases because there was a period of time where Mill Creek. Um, used to put out those those big collections of like a 100 horror movies or whatever and the quality was always was, was so so they've been putting so much fucking care into their blu-rays it's fantastic i uh, highly recommend it and then two releases that are not from my actual sponsors what criterion sale is going on i can't stop myself during a criterion sale so me and my wife what, what we usually do as we go in, we both pick one movie that we want to get, whether something that we've been eyeing up or something that we feel like we just we've had the 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 just, it's, it sounds interesting to us. So um, I picked up this release, Dazed and Confused, because it's, it's one of my favorite movies. So the back says, America, 1976, the last day of school, Bongs blaze, bell bottoms ring and and rock-and-roll rules. Among the best teen films ever made, Days and Confused, directed by Richard Linklater, eavesdrops on a group of seniors-to-be and incoming freshmen. A launching pad for a number of future stars, Linklater's first studio effort also features endlessly quotable dialogue and a blasting, stadium-ready soundtrack. Sidestepping nostalgia, Days and Confused is less about the best years of our lives than the boredom, angst, and excitement of teenagers awaiting... For something to happen. The thirty fifth anniversary of the Bicentennial director approved blu-ray special features so on this disc it's uh there's a high definition digital transfer of the director's cut supervised by director richard linklater and cinematographer lee daniel with 5.1 dts hd master audio soundtrack and let me tell you it fucking sings it sounds great audio commentary featured linklater i've not got a chance to listen to yet making days a 50 minute documentary by uh kane corn kahan kane corn i'm sorry if if i mispronounced that uh that's kind of cool it was a it was a fun documentary apparently ori- originally it appeared on amc and has not been seen since then rare on set interviews and behind the scenes footage footage from the 10 year anniversary celebration audition footage and deleted scenes original theatrical trailer plus a booklet featuring essays by kent jones jim DeRogatis, and chuck Kosterman. Reprinted recollections of the filming from cast and crew, and character profiles from the Dazed and Confused Companion book, as well as the original film poster by Frank Kosick. Uh, so it was made in 1993, 102 mints, color 5.1 surround, 1851 aspect ratio, and just because i like to say it uh, the criterion collection is dedicated to gathering the greatest films from around the world and publishing them in editions of the highest technical quality with supplemental features that enhance the appreciation appreciation of the art of film
3: this country is founded by people who were in the aliens man george washington man he was in a cult and the cult was in the aliens man you didn't know that no oh man they were way into that type of stuff man From there, man, it's no good. It was the last day of school. Uh, Miss Crawford. I was thinking that maybe you and I can get together over the summer. I mean, it'll be legal. I mean, come here. It was the first day of summer vacation. Do you guys know anything about a party here tonight? No, sir.
1: It was a time they
3: will never forget. There's a new fiesta in the making as we speak.
1: I thought
3: he was cute. We oh, thought he was cute? Justin. Do you realize when he graduated we were like three years old? If only they could remember it. Right?
1: Okay, so you're not gonna go to law school? What do you wanna do then? I wanna dance.
3: You gonna be quarterback next year? I oh, don't know, I might not even play.
0: need of a serious attitude adjustment young man super dominant male a 50s greaser uniform
1: that's what i love about these high school girls man i get older they stay the same age <laughs> the 50s were boring the 60s rock the 70s oh my god they obviously suck
2: dazed and confused see it with a bud behind every good man there's a woman
3: and that woman was Martha Washington, man. And every day George would come home, she'd have a big, fat bull waiting for him, man, when he'd come in the door, man. She was a hip, a hip, hip lady, man
0: featuring music from Aerosmith, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, ZZ Top, Alice Cooper, Bob Dylan, Kiss, War, Peter Frampton, more. I don't know why I'm just, just reading the back of the fucking box. If you haven't seen Dazed and Confused, I recommend it to everyone. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a movie that I have gotten enormous amounts of inspiration from. I have... Ripped off scenes from it, in almost every script I have written, where there's there's oh this is my Dazed and Confused scene, this is my Dazed and Confused scene. Oh, I took this from Dazed and Confused. It is also on my list of feel good. I'm not feeling very good. I want to watch something when I'm sick. Movies. It is fantastic. um I might be overhyping it. Not everyone's going to get it. I don't mean to throw him under the bus, but my good friend Gregory Bishop, he was on my Ro- he was in the Rocky episode. I, when he first saw the movie he said to me he's like i just don't get the movie i don't get why this movie has a, such big cult following behind it and a part big part of it could be because of when i seen it when i saw it it was just a, a, the right time for me but it's it's more than just a movie about a bunch of teenagers hanging out it's questioning your place in life it's figure excuse me it's figuring out who you are as a person and what you're gonna do with your life? And I feel like we've all been there. And every time I see this movie, it kind of rings true to me in different ways. Um, even like just more recently, I, people who know me—I don't mean to get super like emotional here—but people who know me know that my dream for the as long as I can remember it was to be a filmmaker. And it still is, but I've had to like sit down and ask myself, I, can I do this? I've not done much in a while. I still have the passion, I still have the love. And watching this movie made me realize that what I'm doing now with being becoming involved in film culture and still making a career out of being involved in film, like that works for me. So Dazed and Confused keeps speaking to me long after I've seen it you know, for the first time, I recommend it, it's honestly, like I said, if you haven't seen it, shame on you, it's now to the point where I feel like everyone should have seen this movie, and it was a treat get to share it to my wife, beautiful edition. I've never seen it in widescreen before, I only had the full screen DVD, uh, the special feature was fun, I can't wait to listen to Richard Linklater it. Richard Linklater is such like a dude, but he just knows his shit on film, he's fan I love listening to Richard Linklater talk, I'll, I'll listen to him any day of the week. Um, and then my wife's really the 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 film that my wife picked is a movie called The Lore. In um, in I'm gonna butcher all this. I'm sorry. The the it's 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 not French. Polish title is Corky Dancingu, which I think roughly translates to uh, the Sisters of Dancing. I could be wrong. The back of the box says, "The genre-defining horror musical mashup, the bold debut of Polish director Agnieszka Smolchonowska. I'm sure that's wrong. Falls a pair of carnivorous mermaid sisters drawn ash- drawn ashore to explore life on land in alternate 1980s Poland." Their tantalizing siren songs and otherworldly arrows make them overnight sensations at a, as nightclub singers in the half glam, half decrepit world of Smoshineska's darkly feminist twist on Han Christian. Wait, sorry. The half decrepit world of Smoshineska's imagining. I jumped to the wrong sentence. The director gives fierce teeth to her visceral, sensual, darkly feminist twist on Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid, in which the girls' bond is tested and their survival threatened after one sister falls for a human. A coming-of-age fairy tale with a catchy synth field soundtrack, outrageous song-and-dance numbers, and lavishly grim sets. The lore explores its themes of emerging female sexuality exploitation and the compromises of adulthood with savage energy and original and originality uh, made in 2015 92 minutes color 5.1 surround in polish with english subtitles 2391 aspect ratio and uh, director approved approved blu-ray special edition features it's got a high definition digital master supervised by director of photography kuba Kajowski with 5.1 surround DTS-HD Master Audio Soundtrack. Once again, this movie sounds great. I've got a really nice 3.0 surround... Uh, not surround, I guess. A 3.0 audio system, and I, w- I was cranking this movie. Uh, a new program about the making of the film featured interviews of director Anjaneska Smoshnowski, actors Marta Mazurik, and Michalania Olonzanska. Uh, screenwriter Robert Bolesto-Kazowski, composers Barbara and Zuzana Ronski of the, of the band uh, Balladi e Romanzi. I'm sorry about these names. I'm struggling. Deleted Scenes, Aria Diva from 2007 and Viva Maria 2010, two short films by Smoshoneski when she was in school, trailer, and a new English subtitle translation, plus an essay by novelist, playwright, storyteller, Angel Lavelle.
1: Wyciągnijcie nas Nie bójcie się Przecież was nie zjemy Wyjemy, wyjemy, wyjemy Wyjemy,
3: wyjemy, wyjemy, wyjemy. A to już lokal nocny z zabojami wysokoalkoholowymi i tańcami
1: Właściwie to są dzieci mojej dobrej
3: znamy. Będą robiły u nas chórki i stripteerzy. Musicie się tylko dobrze bawić, reszta pójdzie sama. Dobry wieczór bardzo szanownemu państwu. Przed państwem córki dancingu. Dwóch
1: szerenek. Chciałam pokazać się z najlepszej strony. Zmienić, coś, zmienić. Zwrócić uwagę, zwróciłam wszystko. Szum, szum, szum samochodu.
0: thing i gotta say is the music in this movie is so good uh baladi e romanzi did the music for this uh they're two sisters uh and i just need to get this out the way because it is fantastic there is a song in this movie called i came to the city i came to the city yeah yeah it called i came to the city the version in the movie is done but is sang by king of priests marta mazarek and michelena owan Owenskan- the three main female stars i'm sorry i can't say those names um but the two sisters the um the ronkska sisters wrote the song and i've been obsessed with it um i can't find a version of it from the original movie like the the version from the movie but i have been rocking to the version that the sister that the sisters did they have official music video i'm gonna play a little treat for you right here i'm gonna play it because i'm obsessed with it and if you do not if you don't end up singing this song there's something wrong with you and i know you're not gonna know the words you're not but you're gonna be humming this song all day i was humming it earlier before i started recording
1: z najlepszej strony zmienić coś zmienić. Zwrócić uwagę. Zwróciłam wszystko. Zczyła podcinna, obleczna, życiowa patlina. Wszędzie z idę, wszędzie jest farina. Tutaj wszystko jest nowe, światło dźwięki.
0: that awesome seriously like you can listen to the 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 version that came on uh the lore soundtrack on spotify the one i just played for you though is from um uh, the sisters of baladi e romanzi's album corky Dancingu, where they it's all the songs from the movie but they're performing them uh that's the one i played for you because that's just awesome the music video is great too because one sister can't keep her breath underwater and she's playing the piano with her nose plugged it's great but no this movie i think i just descri- I described it to nick um i told him about it today that i told him he needs to buy it um as being if drive so nicholas winding reference drive and the little mermaid had a baby with a musical that's this movie I loved it. I've been thinking about it ever since. The making of documentary on there is great. Um, I've not been able to get the images out of my head. It inspired me. It made me want to go and write my own films that I've been putting off a little bit. Uh, uh, I also think it'd be a fantastic double feature with the Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, I I think the movie is mesmerizing. It's catchy. It's fun. And I want to show it to everyone. I want to rent out a theater just so I can show this movie to people. Um, yeah, uh, I was doing a little bit of research before I uh, came on the microphone, and I love this review. David Elarlick uh, from IndieWire actually said, "Give it a B plus, calling it the best goth musical about man eating mermaids ever made." How metal is that? Um, it's hard to really talk about without spoiling the film but as I said it's about uh, it's about these t- these two mermaids that come to land um and in it they kind of get swept up in the world of a nightclub and it's funny, this must be a thing about Poland. So many people on the casting crew talked about growing up in a nightclub because their parents owned a nightclub or a restaurant and they just got used to like that world of like glitz and glam on one end of the curtain and it being just dingy and gross on the other side and just that world um and the director originally wanted to do a movie about the two sisters that did all the music but they weren't comfortable with that but then when they're like hey how about we do how about it's about mermaids and they're like okay we can get behind that so it's it's an idealized version of the 80s in poland which was not in a, a nice time for poland but uh the director uh no sorry the sc- the screenwriter says it best where people come at at them about like hey that's not what Poland was like in the 80s and they're like well we were kids in the 80s so everything seemed more colorful and fun because we were kids so they're giving their version of Poland in the 80s and it's oh it's a beautiful film it's 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 funny it's scary it's gross it's it's great so highly recommend The War um I don't feel like I did a great job of talking about any of these except for Sweet Sweetback's badass song but I, this was impromptu. Originally, me and Nick were going to record this morning. Uh, a funeral came up, unfortunately. And uh, so I was like, well, it's been a while since I've done a bonus episode. So here you go. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, you know where we're at. We're on... We're on. Uh, we're not on Spotify. I almost said Spotify. I was like really trying hard not to say Spotify. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on... SoundCloud, wow, I cannot think of that word. We're on Stitcher. We're on the Facebooks. I want to be up on Instagram soon. Josh Barnes, I know you're listening. Adrian, I know you're listening. Thank you guys for being uh cool and talking to us on the actual Facebook page. It's appreciated. Tell your friends, get them to listen. If you can show me proof that they're listening, I'll get you a prize. Since you probably two are the only two listening, there you go. If you anyone who's listening, if you can prove to me that you have turned someone onto my show and you're getting them to listen, I will get you something. I don't know what it is. It might just be a meatball. Why did I say a meatball? I'll get you something. So screenshot it up. Let me know people are listening. I I like this show. I want to keep it fueled. I want to keep it going. And uh, oh, also meant to tell you all uh, in September. Pardon my, uh, I'm trying to let me find the dates for it real quick. Uh, so in September, the Milwaukee Short Film Festival is going on. September, Friday, September seventh, and Saturday, September eighth. It's going to be at, it's going to be at the Fox Bay Cinema Grill, which is a really cool venue if you've never been there. If you're in, if you're in Milwaukee and you haven't been to the Fox Bay Cinema Grill, it's pretty great. Um, me and my friend Emlyn got to see at world's end there and we had a fantastic time it's a really cool retro looking theater um but anyways the Milwaukee short film festival is going on that weekend and i will be there I am moderating a panel about uh, Milwaukee, about filmmakers in Milwaukee and transitioning outside of Milwaukee. Not that I know a lot about that because I've never fucking left, but I'll be doing that. I want to see you all there. Plus, my film, From the Darkness Theater, is going to be showing, and I need you all to be out there supporting. I know, I know, I can hear what you're all saying. Hey, Michael, isn't that your old film? Yes, it is, but from the darkness theater played gangbusters at this festival i i won audience choice award i won best director and michael dank won best actor they are doing a a a, a series i guess that you'd call it they're they're showing films that played very well at the festival like an anniversary screening so normally i don't know if i would show this uh from the darkness theater again but Ross Bigley, who's the uh, the director of this festival, asked me very nicely. And I was like, you've got to pay me 50 bucks. And he's like, I'm not paying. He was like, okay, you can show the film for free. Joking. I'm joking about all this. But no, I am moderating a panel. I will be there September 8th. Be there. I want you all to tell me. If you see me in public, be like, hey, I'm here because I listen to your show. Or if you buy tickets, tell Ross, hey, I'm buying tickets because I listen to Michael's show. That helps me out. So, thank you guys for listening. If you have anything you want to talk about, anything you wish I would have elaborated more on, moron, uh, please let me know, and I will I will gladly go into more depth on any of these discs. So once again, the discs I talked about were Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, Charles Bronson Four Movie Collection, Days of Confused, and The Lore. Have a good week, guys.